This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fans podcast. Boy, what a year, dude. It is just never-ending. It's, it's one kick in the nuts after another. Yeah. Uh, AC, I hope you have an alcohol beverage tonight. Yeah, that do, man. Your your boy George Washington was famous for his uh, eggnog parties around Christmas time, so I had to go that route, man. I had to go with the eggnog. You know, he was famous for being president a little bit, but his eggnog parties, I think that's what people know him more for. Well, you know, tis the season. <laughs> um, and speaking of, that's an interesting choice. I mean, it's like an hour long podcast, and you're drinking eggnog. You might be pulling on Lamar Jackson. Nah, nah, I, knew, I knew you were going with that. Come on, come on, man. He said that he was not using the bathroom. He said he had legit crap. They even put a bandaid on his arm to make it look like. Like he got an IV. Did you see that? Come that on, man. Look, every every dude in America has done that dance. Every dude has done that dance. Or you're running, you're clenching, Yo. you're running to the bathroom. Get out of my way! <laughs> I like, it was, like that is like tunnel vision, like you've never seen before. Just you're, yeah, you're, it's, it's every man for the every every everybody can appreciate it. Everybody's yep. empathizing with him because we've all been in that situation. Just yeah, he just won't fess up. Sorry. Yeah, he won't fess up. <laughs> just see, you know what happened, man. We know what it is, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think I've seen it all, but uh, unfortunately, 2020 keeps rearing his ugly head. Yeah. Um, right before we came on the podcast, we just found out that Jalen Johnson and all Duke fans should uh, know this phrase very well. Foot injury out indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start right there. We obviously had other things uh, that we were prepared to start with, but we got to touch on Jalen Johnson. Yeah, you know, it never ends with the foot injuries at Duke. I know that you are very vocal on that. This can't be a coincidence. Uh, not saying that there's foul play or anything uh, of why Duke players suddenly always get these foot injuries. Right. But at the same time, how many foot injuries uh, before it becomes you know a trend? Right, and, and the big the biggest thing about it is, like you said, it's not it's not a conspiracy theory, or it's not like oh they're faking the injuries. It's I, I think it's injuries that. Otherwise, you would play through. But when you're playing for free, when you're when you're trying to play to earn your way into the draft, you don't want to hurt that in any way, shape, or form. And a foot injury is a really that's a really easy way to to mess up, you know, what, what you do on a basketball court. Like quite obviously, because you know the running and jumping and and the pounding that the foot takes on the court. So you know, I mean, it's it happens all the time, especially especially with our top flight freshman talents. I really do think it's it's a conversation with the staff and with the families. And hey, you know, he's got this lingering injury. This thing is happening right now, and you know, we don't we don't want to crush you know that draft stock. So yeah, let's set him out. And you know, I don't I don't know how bad this one is. I don't know how how hurt he is. It's just it's one of those things where you know, and I kind of felt the same way in different circumstances, but I kind of felt the same way with Tatum. I honestly feel like maybe this this may be the last time we see Jalen Johnson play a basketball game. He did something very similar in high school at IMG where he had an injury and there were other circumstances. I don't claim to be there. It was in the locker room. I can't speak to those circumstances, but there were other circumstances at IMG that caused him to leave and go back home to Wisconsin. You saw that I missed Milwaukee tweet after, after the game where Kay called him fucking soft. You know what I mean? So I am not saying not, I'm not saying he's leaving because he doesn't like Duke. I'm saying that maybe, maybe this is, who knows, this could be bad enough to sit him out. I don't know. We can't, we can't, count on having him in this weird season right now. So, you know, we, we got to look forward and move on without him for now. And, and hopefully he can get back to a higher level of play. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I remember you saying that about Tatum. Um, I mean, God, it seems like forever ago. I know. Right. Uh, and, and so I can kind of see the similarities. Obviously this year is 
I like and, and really, it has ever. all yeah. everything to do with their draft stock and them making money. Like yeah. the, the NCAA is not paying these kids. You look, hate to bring it up, yeah, don't and not make it about this podcast or anything. But you, you saw it happen to Keontae Johnson. Yeah, the, the NCAA has no health care for these kids. They have no insurance, nothing. There's nothing in place to help these kids out when they get hurt, injured, and everything else. And especially in you know this time frame that we're in at the moment where people are, are worried about this virus and everything, and there's just no coverage. And the NCAA is just extremely worried about getting this thing out there. So yeah, who knows? I, I could absolutely see his family being like, you know what? This is a weird season. Let's just let's just cut it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I could see that. I could see that. I could see that world. Yeah, and I can also see that, you know, outside of the first game that he played when he dropped 19 and 19, didn't miss a shot. Uh, and in the last, you know, three, four outings, he's looked, let's be honest, soft, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. marginal at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a couple moments, moments, but at the end of the day, I, I could absolutely, look, before we even heard about this injury today, let's be honest with the people here. AC, let's, let's open this sucker up. Yeah. You and I were texting. Uh, during the Illinois game, saying we we wouldn't be surprised if he just calls it quits because of how soft he's playing. We're talking about a guy that is only averaging 23 minutes a game, 23.8 mm-hmm. minutes a game. Um, a guy that started out with 19 and 19 is now third in the team in scoring with 11 and a half. He has 8.3 rebounds, but again, he's still banking off of a lot of the things he did in the first game. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to trash the kid at all. That's no. not my point, but what I am trying to do is bring a little bit of honesty and truth here. We yep. want to talk about honesty and truth, Jack. Let's talk about honesty and truth. You know, this is the circle of trust here. Yep. We want to make sure that we are very honest about it. I don't think that he gives 110% every time he's out there. Right. Compared to a lot of the guys that I think that do, namely Jamin Brayfield. Um, and I'm using him specifically because when he comes in, he plays the same position more or less. Mm-hmm. He gives 110 Fifty percent of the time he's in there, he's yelling at the bench, he's calling out on spots, he's doing yeah. those things. I don't see Jalen Johnson doing any of those things. I remember specifically a play where DJ Stewart's on the ground, a couple of Illinois guys on the ground, and Jalen Johnson's just standing there. Yeah, clearly I wasn't the only one that saw it because Coach K immediately pulled him. Right, right, and so, yeah, yeah, and and again, like absolutely one hundred percent, like on all, all honesty here. It's like, and, and this is coming, this is coming from people that we get a chance to talk to that are close to everything. They're not saying that he's gone, but they are saying that he's not happy. Like he's, he's not very enthused to be they playing college be basketball for free. Right. So it, it, he's protecting his draft stock right now. He's number five on most of the big, big draft boards and everything. And he, he could make that better. Or he could make it a lot worse. And so far he's only been making it worse. I don't know, man. You know, and, and again, in this, in this strange season, I would not be surprised at all. To see to see him say I'm pulling the plug on this season and and it's very easy for for Duke and the staff and everything they're going to protect the kid of course they're going to protect the kid and they'll just say he has this foot injury keeping out indefinitely and he'll just be they, out. They've all, yeah they've already come out and said that you know he was injured the last couple of games you yep. know they're already yep. doing their due diligence and that Absolutely. just makes me think that that just makes me think that um you know this is damage control for him absolutely it's protection um, you know obviously obviously we all know and we're going to get to this in the next segment that, uh, you know, after this game against Notre Dame, uh, I guess when we air the podcast, it'll be tonight, that uh, these kids are going to go home for a few days. Um, Jalen Johnson is already going home. I, well, I would not be surprised if he does not come back. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, again, this, this with, every, with, over. 
Right. Why yep. why Yep, exactly. Yeah, um, that, I mean that's 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 all I have to say with it. I'm with you. I'm exactly with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I don't even want to continue on the segment. It makes me, you know, crazy just talking about it because I I don't want to bash. Uh, I said I, I don't want to do that. That's not my intention. Yeah. But I have to be honest too, and yeah. I, I'm just telling you. And we're what not I bashing said, him, saying that he wants to leave. I, well, I, I you mean, know what? Quite honestly, yeah. Quite honestly, I'm. You know what? If if I'm surprised half of these kids want to play college basketball if we're really being honest about it because of because because this is a different topic, but because of the way the NCAA works and everything, I really am surprised that they want to continue to play in, in that type of environment, especially this season, especially this season. Other seasons, you can you can you know, you really can help out your press and everything else. But in this weird season, like there's there's really not a lot you can do to help yourself if you're one of these top kids. So I'm I'm just quite shocked, honestly, that most of these kids are continuing to play in this season, especially those top flight draft picks you see in college football. They're dropping like flies. All those top, probably top three round draft picks. Every every single one of them, every ten minutes on ESPN, it feels like you see another kid opting out of the season to prepare for the draft, opting out of the season to prepare for the draft. Running back opts out of the season to prepare for the draft. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah, I'm not not surprised at all. Not, wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think the football thing is a little bit different because you know you've started you started to see that trend happening the last couple mm-hmm. of years with uh, you know top three round. Uh, Football players, where if you're not in the college football playoff, then you know why am I playing in this bowl game? Right. I see both sides to it, to be honest with you, but that's not the point of this to- uh, topic. Uh, hopefully, hey, look, hopefully Jalen Johnson proves us wrong, um, and we can throw this one in the waste management trash can mm-hmm. segment when we when mm-hmm. we bring that I'd back. I'd love to. I'd love uh, to be able to but, do it. Yeah, I'd love to be able to do that, but you know, as it stands right now, I think we're both on the same page where it would not shock us at all um, if if you know they had to take an eyes on it. AC and I would both be putting our money down on the fact that he doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you said, it has been a crazy year. It has been a crazy season. After the Illinois game, Coach K was asked about, um, you know, the status of college basketball with the pandemic, uh, all these games being canceled. Coach K answered, uh, you know, what he thought was very honestly about, you know, the situation and how, you know, he believes that going forward, uh, they should really take a look at things. Um, does it make sense to be playing right now uh, with the, the, the race going up and all these different things? Uh, and then you get the quote from Alabama coach Nate Oates, uh, mm-hmm. basically taking a pot shot mm-hmm. at coach Nate Oates. And if you don't know who he is, um, I don't blame you. Uh, Nate Oates. Uh, a guy that Coach K helped get a job under Bobby Hurley at Buffalo. Yep. Nate Oates from Alabama. Buffalo and Denver. Alabama, by the way. Taking, Since K, yeah, K has a good pull with Alabama with yeah. Nick Saban. Uh, he helps him get the job at Alabama, and he takes a pot shot at Duke, which since then uh, he has allegedly apologized to Coach K. Um, but it just goes to show you how crazy this year is uh, that he's taking a shot at uh, the goat. I want to focus before we talk about the ridiculousness of NATO's. I want to focus on Coach K's overall premise of what he said, and I want to get your feelings on, you know, should we delay the season? Should we go the Rick Pitino route where we, you know, push everything to to March first and have a main madness? Mm-hmm. Um, do you buy uh, that it was Sauron Graves? I personally don't. That that he had just come off of a loss. I don't think that that's that's actually true. Do you think the co- coach K has gotten soft? I'm just repeating all the things that I've seen oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. over the last few days. Mm-hmm. Has he gotten soft? Has he gone woke? 
has he, um, you know, is he just covering for his team? Uh, you know, trying to provide cover because his team stinks right now. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all things that I've seen out there. What is your take? What is your read, especially from what you have seen over the last few days? Right. I'm I'm closer to the side of he's taking some heat off his squad. Like, we're not what, – what's not in the news right now is Duke got blown out by Illinois. Well, what happened to be in the news right after that game was Coach K's gone soft, basically, right? And every – Every radio DJ and ESPN anchor and apparently coach wants to chime in on what he said. And, of course, every reporter is trying to make a soundbite now. So they're asking everybody, what do you think about what Coach K said? Because, of course, they want the same soundbite effect that they got from Nate Oates. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But I'm closer to the side of he's done this before. And, you know, he he his status is not going anywhere. Like, he he's Coach K. He knows where he is in the, in the order of the game. He's on top, number one, never going to change. And this comment's not going to change that, no matter how many Kentucky fans get on Twitter and say so. So, quite honestly, it it feels more like him. Number one, he was asked the question, so he's answering the question. And number two, he's very always very measured in his responses. He knows exactly what his responses are. And he he's, anymore, especially at this stage in his career, he's not saying anything off the cuff that he has to go back for and apologize later. So he knows exactly what he said and exactly what the answer was to that question. And like I said, I, I think it's him taking some heat off his squad and I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I, I see your point of view on that. Um, I can certainly understand that because it's a move that we've seen Coach K do before. But, you know, I st- my initial reaction was I thought it was uh, he was between a rock and a hard place. It wasn't mm-hmm. His fault that the guy asked that question uh, right after a loss that we lost by you know 16 points or whatever. So it's not his fault of the timing of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that at the time it was it was soft um, to try to make it about something else. But if you really sit back and listen to his comments and read what he said, what he actually said, not what the pundits are telling you mm-hmm. on ESPN or whatever the headlines are mm-hmm. from Jeff Goodman, um, you know what he actually was saying. Uh, actually does hold some merit, and mm-hmm. it does make a lot of sense, and that's why I brought up the Rick Pitino thing. Right. Where, you know, here's, and when, you know, then, of course, Duke comes out and cancels all remaining non-conference games. Which, of course, oh, means that they game. want to cancel it's the season because that's where everybody else took it. Was, it. Right. It's just like, Jesus, guys, it's one game. Mm-hmm. Step off the ledge on both sides. Duke mm-hmm. fans plus everybody that's coming for us. Um, it's one game, or it's one game that they cancel, and you can't blame them after three of their first four games were canceled within 48 hours or less right. of them being prepared. So if you have a situation where this entire season, they've already made the, the ACC schedule 20 games, mm-hmm. why are we worried about the Gardner-Webbs, the Elons, you know, the Charleston Southerns of the world canceling on us left and right within 24 hours? When, you know, we could be, this is a really young team. We could be getting better, building some more cohesion, yep. doing all those sorts of oh, things. Oh, the But instead, what we're doing is we're spending 24 hours game planning for a team that we may or may not play. And then, sure enough, we don't end up playing them. Yep. So I'm yep. sure that they're frustrated. You know, screw this. We don't need it. Yep. These kids are exhausted mentally, physically, go and, home for a few days, whatever. Yeah, and it, and it already fits Kay's narrative, narrative of, 
we shouldn't be playing non-conference games as it is. Like he's already come out and said that. Like he has already already pulled us out of preseason tournaments. He's already pulled us out of other non-conference matchups. Is like, yeah, why not? Like that, it makes total sense. So, yeah, even you know, so unfortunately, that's that's kind of where we are with it, and 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 that's that's just where that's just where the season is in general, man. It's just it's really difficult to to use you know, this season as a litmus for anything, but it's just, it's a tough season, man. It's just really difficult. And why, you know, why not let it to, to counter Nate Oates's point of the kids need to get out there and play for their mental health. Like, you know, it, it's also as equally mentally damning, like you said, to have to keep game planning for these games that may or may not even happen. And they still have school that they have to take care of. They're still separated and quarantined from their families. And they have been for months at this point. Like, and it's it's bigger than just you know what normally happens in the college basketball season. It's bigger than that. Like it's a different feeling. Yeah, I mean, to it. Yeah, I, I mean the the normalcy of these college kids are that they're separated from their parents pretty much the whole year. I get it, um, but this is not a normal season. This is not a normal predicament. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no students on campus. Right. There is. They're living in a freaking hotel. As great as the Washington Duke is, mm-hmm. uh, Duke in, is 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 still a hotel. Yep. Um, so you're not living in the dorms. You're not living in those plush suites that these players have now. <laughs> um, you know, there's no interaction with other than you know the, the, the 15 people around, right. uh, and you know the coaches and 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 that. So you're not going out. You know, you're not doing any of that. So you're mm-hmm. not really doing anything other than living in a condensed NBA bubble without the golf course uh, that you can go play anytime you want. The bowling alleys, all that other stuff that they had in the NBA bubble. So yep. I've actually kind of changed my opinion over the last few days thinking about this. Um, my initial thought when he said he was going to send him home is that that goes against all the science that would send you know kids home, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite of what they should be doing. But at the end of the day, it, what difference does it make? Because these kids are tested pretty much every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're healthy and, you know, these kids are smart enough at this point to know that if you have a parent or grandparent or something that may be vulnerable, you're not going to go around them anyway. So go ahead and let the kids go home. They need it mentally. And, yeah. and, and I am on the side of that mental health is taking a huge shot during this pandemic. And if this is going to be something that can help out mental health uh, for these kids, then I say go ahead and do it. Absolutely. And, and, and one more point with it, another point that he's made from the get-go is – He's not saying cancel the season, and he's not saying we don't want to play in a tournament because oh, because you're not even going to make it anyway because you have two losses. Like that's not what Kay's saying. He's saying move the tournament because, as he said all along, we cannot the NCAA cannot survive two straight NCAA tournaments canceled with the amount of revenue yeah. and everything else it brings in. It can't it, that can't work. So to move the season back to where you are playing, you know, a May Madness or an April Madness is. Like just like he and Rick Pitino have been saying, that's absolutely necessary right now with the way things are trending and and, and all of the above. Like, yeah, what are we doing here? Well, I mean, here's one thing that I, that I've had a huge issue with, uh, and this might be, you know, not politically correct, but my whole thing with all this obsession with testing is we have a bunch of college athletes they are not at risk whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in their own bubbles as it is. Why are we testing a billion times a day? All these different programs are flying all over the place. Of course, it's going to be going somewhere. I haven't heard of one COVID-related hospitalization 
from all of these positive tests that have gone through all these different programs. So my point is, is that if you're going to do it, if you're going to commit to doing it at the, at the, at the yep. end of uh, November, if you're going to commit to do it, then just do it. Right. You can't have all these cancellations. You can't have to do all this stuff. If you're going to do it, just do it. And if yeah. not, then go the Latino route and just wait. Wait yep. till there's a vaccine that, that's out there and, and start in March. I'm okay with either scenario, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta commit to something because now you're just spinning wheels, wasting everybody's time. There's way too much things. There, there, we're, we are missing the forest from the trees here when we're 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 testing a billion people a day. Like it's just so stupid to me. Well, I almost you know, wonder at this point now. All these kids that aren't at risk. What are we doing? Yeah. Well, I almost wonder now, so that the thing that happened with Keontae Johnson from Florida, I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see if they make it COVID related because he had COVID in the summer. He tested mm-hmm. positive for it in the summer. And now he has this heart condition, which some doctors have already, even before this happened, have already said that you, you run the risk of certain types of heart ailments and lung ailments, and everything with COVID. They've seen it. It just, it's not consistent enough to where everybody gets it. But I, I would be interested right. to see if, because he's an athlete, because athletes have, a lot of trouble with heart issues and everything, like the hyper hypertrophy and everything. So I, I would be interested to see what they what comes of that. I, I really hope that kid is okay, and I hope it's not COVID yeah. related. Like that, you know, those are the things I hope. I don't want it to be, and and it's it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, and if that makes any changes with how the NCAA moves forward. Yeah, I mean, neither one of us are medical physicians, so I'm not going to weigh in on what it could or could not be. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, we, we hope that the kid is all right. Uh, that's that's just scary. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, the thing is that uh, it's, it's a um, sensitive subject, and it's one that uh, you know everybody has an opinion on. Um, and you know, my my whole thing is just if you're going to do it, just do it, and if not, then then wait till March because I think yep. the the cancellation of games and and uh, the the separating of the chairs on the bench and the, the yep. mask that the coaches are pulling up and down and up and down. And like, what are we doing here? Right. Like, this is just stupid at this point. Like, if you're going to do it, just do it right and just do it. Or just wait, push it all down. Like, there's no big deal to push everything down. Maybe some guys are going to say, you know what, I'm not going to play. Mm-hmm. That's fine, too. It is what it is. Uh, it's not a normal year. And then and then just play it as normal. Um, right. Because I think right now we're, we're just spinning our wheels here. But finish up here with, with NATO. I, I understand that it's low-hanging fruit. For him to be able to take a pot shot and, right. and you know get his get his five seconds of fame there, but, but he has to be kicking himself with that one. Like, you're talking about a guy that got him both jobs that he's had in college basketball, and now he's going to take it. Like, don't bite the fanny hand that feeds you. Yeah, yeah, that yeah that, and and really it, it, it's funny too because no no other coach I guess every other coach in the nation knew not to do that, and you had the 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 Jeff Goodman mafioso tweet about how that's somebody told him that that was his death sentence or something like that. I don't think it was that bad, but obviously other people know how, how silly it makes you look. And yeah, you're going to have the trolls and stuff online agreeing with you and stuff. But I mean, really like if that's who you want as your fans or whatever, then so be it. But it, you know, it it was silly. He apologized. I kind of could care less about his apology. I didn't like it. It didn't Uh, like how it came out. and I, I, I honestly, I, I wish he would have just stayed with it and said, you know what? That's how I feel about it. I respect the guy, but I, that's how I feel about what he said. And you know what? Cool. That's how you feel about it. I don't need to be a fan of yours or not. I don't care, man. Like, and whatever. So, that, yeah, whatever. I'm, I, he's stupid. I'm done with, I'm done with that, too. Oh, uh, yeah. You, by the way, can I just make a, a statement for the record here? Um, all these morons 
and this this speaks for everybody that continues to repeat. One of my huge pet peeves is repeating something enough times to which you start to believe is true. Coach mm -hmm. K in that '95 season when he went out with the back injury, God that team it. was nine and three and ranked, right. and they just beat a ranked team when he went out. They weren't. They hadn't lost twenty games. They they were well on their way to being just fine that season. Right. He didn't go out because they were a horrible team at that time. Like they were nine and three. They were twelve games in and ranked, and had just mm -hmm. beat a ranked team when he went out. Yeah, when the exactly. Mrs. It's either you get surgery or I'm out. I'm pretty sure he made the, the good call. So stop, stop with the bull face lie that yeah. has been built up over twenty five years. That exactly. He, Bailing on a bad team, so we can get like just stop. And, and it, the joke's not—it's not even a funny joke. Like, it, congratulations for saying it again. Been yeah. you're the one millionth customer because everybody else has said it too. Like, it's not even a funny joke, man. Like, whatever. Like, whatever. With Duke fans, we were—you know—everybody else finds it hilarious, I guess. But it, it's stupid. I—I I, I don't. I don't to, to, to bring it up ever because I don't want to give it credence. But at some right. point, like, gotta look. You're you're just flat out wrong. Yeah. At least get some facts and come back to me, like Calhoun said back in the day. Get some facts and come back to me, and then <laughs> yeah. I'll have a real conversation. <laughs> yeah. I'm fired up. I'm fired up, AC. All right, so speaking of fired up, um, Let's play. you came at me on a sidebar <laughs> about a comment. Oh, we're doing this? Wait a minute. Are we doing yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to get a different so, segment lined up. Okay. Let's go. We did. I'm going to push this one up because I'm fired right. up right now. And I'm, 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 I'm right now on the Coach K bandwagon. Which, I, look, you know, I like, yeah, listen, I like Fired Up TK. I really enjoy Fired so, Up TK. When you when you made the podcast, that the podcast that never was, you were, I wish, yeah. I wish the fans could have heard that one because that would have been gold, dog. Like, so I'm, I'm ready, man. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So here's the thing is that Coach K made a statement about, um, an observation that it's not the same without fans. You don't have that that same energy. You can't feed off that same energy. He wasn't saying that you know we win or lose because of the fans. Uh, but your 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 take is that it's just excuses, right? Yeah, I mean, so yes, it's it, is it a, is it a thing? It is a thing. Like we even said so after the Michigan State game. I even you know quote unquote I said it, we lost by six. Yeah, I can absolutely feel like a six point swing in Cameron happens with the fans in the building. Like, I, I don't disagree with that statement whatsoever. My thing is with a team like this, that has the problems that this team has, like, I, I just don't, I personally do not want to hear or use the fans as an excuse because we don't have them all season. And, and we got to fix the reasons why we're bad now. And it's not the fans. Like let's, let's not use the fans as we got to figure out a way. Like, yeah, bring your own energy is one of our, our mottos for this season all season uh, for this team all season, because they have to bring their own energy all season. Like they just, they have to do it. Like that's one of the things that has to go on. And a lot of other teams are doing it. And a lot of other teams have done it successfully young or old. So we got to be one of those teams as well. And I, I don't, I, we have other problems that have to be addressed outside of well the fans were in Cameron. And, and the other part of it is I don't want that to be, you know, this, this thing that, yeah, Duke and Cameron, like it's, they're, they're one and the same. It's what, one of the things the program has been built off of, you know, in the, in the last 40 years, the Cameron crazies, but you know, it, it, at the end of it all, it shouldn't be like the fans are the reason that we won. And we hear that all the time. It kind of makes my skin crawl when I hear it, because honestly, I feel like it takes away from some of the things the players did. Like, 
some of the the the, the amazing feats our players have achieved. Yes, might, they might have gotten an adrenaline boost because the crazies are going absolutely insane. I get that. I've played in front of fans before. I know what it feels like. However, you got to be able to to make that happen on your own, and you do make that happen on your own as well. Like it doesn't make you a better player. It just gives you that little boost of energy when you need it. And I just I I don't want it to be a thing where. Just like this thing with, you know, it's it's all, it's my mentality is all about the other fans, right? It's all about what, what everybody else is saying because I'm so sick of hearing people come at me with some nonsense. And I, I just, I don't want to, like, I hated when that, uh, what's his name, Dallin Cuff for ACC Network, when he came out and said that Cameron is worth, so he said something silly like 10 wins a season for Duke. It's like, come on, dude. Like, that's some bullshit. That's what I don't want to hear. Like, that's, that's what pisses me off right there. So you don't, necessarily disagree with the general premise that they actually do play a factor. Right. I, like I said, I've played in front of fans before. I know the boost that you get. I, mean, I, 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 you I, get. I appreciate your humble brag. I really do. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but uh, like, but, but I've been there. That's the thing. I've been there and I understand it. At the same, by the same token, I would never want to say that we won or lost a game no, because no. the fans were there. You know, there there have been a couple of times that I can pick off the top of my head that Coach K uh, attributed a, a win in camera to the fans. And, 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 sure, and, the and sure, yeah, and, and sure, a lot of that was probably, you know, a little bit of lip service. But at the same time, um, you know, it, it is a real thing, mm-hmm. as, as mm-hmm. you've acknowledged. So I, I feel you're kind of walking back toward where we are. Nobody's saying it's the end all be all. No one is saying that. Um, that wait a minute i didn't walk anything hold on i didn't walk anything back i quote unquote on on the msu podcast did i not say that cameron's probably worth that six points for us with uh, with michigan state did i not say that that's on that's on wax that's out there in the public like all you got to do is go listen to the post msu podcast to hear me say it i'm not walking anything back i'm saying and give give us five stars when you listen please absolutely and subscribe please i i have have not said that the fans are worthless I've said that no, I don't no, want to hear no, shit not, like Dallin Cuff saying the fan, fans for Duke are worth ten wins a season. Are you kidding? Do you believe that? Do you believe that ten wins that, a season? That, 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 that is that's the extreme. That's the other extreme. That right. that you know he's trying to he's trying to make a name for himself, much like Nato's was. He's trying to throw out something that sticks so that Seth Greenberg um, can go out there and you know exactly. And these, and the really problem I have with that is these kids hear that enough that when K is gone and there's a new coach in the building. I don't want recruiting to suffer because all you hear is, oh, it's just because of the crazies or whatever else. When, you know, in all honesty, it's the staff, it's everything else that Duke puts forward, the social media group, all every, that whole program, the way they've built it, they've built it. And yes, it has been aided because of the fans, but it's not because of the fans. Yeah, the wheels going in my head on that. Um, Look, again, my thing with this is, I look at, again, let's use a Michigan State game. You know, we come out like gangbusters. Inside and Pat Cameron indoor, maybe we don't give up that lead that quickly. Certainly, certainly not that quickly. And maybe we even build on it. You know, if you we get came out of that game like gangbusters team, without the fans. Right, but you, you, this is a team that, that couldn't sustain something like that. Maybe with the fans, they, they go from, you know, that 10 point to 15, 17. Instead, they go down to three. And I'm not saying that the fans necessarily do or don't, but I sure as hell would like to have them all going absolutely apeshit to the point where Tom Izzo has to call a timeout and and get his guys because they're completely flustered. That is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, 
you know, it is, is it an excuse of why you lost? Yes. Is it a real thing of, of, of how it could help you win? Yes. And that was all that Coach K was saying. I think it's a very valid point. And I think that this team in particular is going to struggle at home with no fans. It doesn't even feel like home. It doesn't feel like a real game. It feels like a glorified scrimmage. It's felt like that every single game when I'm sitting on my couch, I don't get I don't get jacked up for it. I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't, you know, I don't throw stuff at my TV. I don't yell. There's been maybe two times all season where like I got visibly excited when when a big play happened. And I'm just like, yeah, I just don't have that fire. And the fans are a big reason why. I, I, I think overall, not just Duke, college basketball is a fan sport. I think football mm-hmm. is different. I think football, you know, aesthetically, uh, you can play it w- without fans and, and, and be fine. I actually thought it might be a little bit of the opposite. Um, but college basketball without fans, it just doesn't feel right. And and I I don't, as a fan, I don't 100% disagree with that. Like, I watch the games, and it's definitely more – it, you get more of an emotional high out of it when you see the fans going nuts. But I mean, let's be honest: the past past two or three years, the crazies we've talked about on this podcast, yeah, where have they been? True. You know, what I mean, like they ha- they haven't been great. And like, so you think like, yeah, I wish the crazies had a moment like DJ Stewart hammering all over my man and um in in that <laughs> game. But yeah, that was that would be a great crazy moment or whatever. But it's like, you know, where have they where would where have they been and where would they be with this team? Where a team that's struggling like this, how how good would the crazies really be? Because last year, a team that really wasn't struggling but just had moments where we needed crazies, and they were like, eh, whatever, Louisville. Uh, okay, I guess we'll be there. But you know, what I mean, so it's like, yes, yes, fans make it's a different experience with the fans. It absolutely is, and I have no re- no. There's no reason for me to say it's not a different experience. However, they're not going to be there at all this season. So. Fine. Okay, it happened for the first couple games. Let's move on from it because I don't want to hear it anymore. Because they're not going to be there the rest of the season. We can't. We can't hang our hat on that. All right. So talking about the rest of the season, then let's move forward to the rest of the season. We play mm-hmm. Notre Dame. We'll get to that in our last segment. Jalen Johnson's gone. Um, indefinitely, a, mm-hmm. a a word that you fans know all too well. Yeah. AC, look, we've been right about a few things. Uh, and we've had to go to the trash bag early yep. in the season. Um, so let's what let's make some more trash, man. <laughs> yeah, let's make some more trash. Uh, let's get waste management back on the payroll because we need it. Um, but but seriously, what is it that is going to happen the rest of the season? You know, uh, you know. Let, let's start with uh, tonight against mm-hmm. Notre Dame, nine p.m. Uh, we'll give our prediction at the end, but. Going forward, who do you see stepping into that starting role? And what do you see Duke doing for the 20 games in the ACC? This does two things, in my opinion. It opens up possibilities for two things. Because that's, you know, it's it's 23 minutes a game, but in, in game planning with Jalen Johnson, Kay's probably expecting him on the floor for about 30, right? So this does two things for me. Number one, it puts the balls in, ball in Jeremy Roach's hands. I, I think that's the number one step that needs to happen moving forward because at the end of the Illinois game, he was like one of the only ones out there on the floor able to do anything on offense. And I think you see where he can go with this team, with his speed, his vision, his ability to to drive and kick. I think that's exactly what we need on this offense because that's what we were hoping Jalen was going to give us and he hadn't yet. So I, I think this puts the ball firmly in Jeremy Roach's hands to run this team the rest of the season. And, and quite honestly, it should for cohesion's sake. 
Here we go. Shot, shot, shot. But um, the other thing that this opens up. <laughs> the other thing this opens up is is a few more minutes, I think, for the interior guys. And Jalen, one of the things Jalen did so well on the floor, and it's not it's not talked about as often as his defense. He was a really, really good defender on the floor. He's he switched well. He was able to play straight up against uh, Kofi Coburn very well, better than anybody else on the team could do. And, and he gives us a he gave us a presence on defense vocally and, and physically. Like he was able to do things on defense that was really, really helpful that you need. And now that's gone. And so we're going to need some help on the interior on defense more than we had been getting. And we already knew that that was something that was needed and coming anyway. But now this opens up the minutes for that to actually happen. So Mark Williams looking at you, Henry looking at you, Patrick looking at you, those three have to, they have to take this opportunity by the horns and just, and run with it, man, because this is it. This is the opportunity they've been looking for. If they want to play in time, it has now come to them. They have a shot at getting some playing time and making this thing work because we're going to need that help on the, on the boards and on defense and and it's something that Jamin can't give us because he's not a great defender. It's something that Matt can't give us because he's a better help defender. So those three guys give us something on the defensive end that really can help this team moving forward, not to mention the offense looking better with Jeremy Roach running it as opposed to Jalen trying to run it or Jordan trying to run it. So I, I think it opens up those two possibilities, and I quite honestly think we're going to see a better team than we've seen the past the past month. What do you see this doing for Wendell Moore? Um, you know, you heard Coach K's comments about Wendell Moore. Uh, they, were actually, they were actually tough to hear. They were actually really tough mm-hmm. to hear. And, and I've, I've had to throw Wendell Moore's prediction of me, um, or vice versa, I guess, um, into, the, into the trash can last, mm-hmm. last podcast. I thought mm-hmm. Wendell Moore would come out with gangbusters. He did not. He's been the <laughs> opposite of that. Yeah. Coach K even said he was, he's just struggling right now. He's mm-hmm. mental. He's 100% mental, which is not a surprise. We've said that. But where, where do you see Wendell Moore fitting in? Can he clear his mind and get himself going tonight? I think he can. I don't know that it happens tonight, per se. If, if his role is simplified, I think we'll see a better player. I think the next month, I think we need to see a more, a more simple role for Wendell, which that may happen with getting, getting more time and more, uh, you know, more, more running of the offense from Jeremy Roach. I, I think that helps Wendell more so than Jalen coming out. But the thing Jalen did for us that was really good was defense. And I think this now shines a light on Wendell being a versatile defender. He is a versatile defender. He showed it to us last year. So we know that it's, it exists. So now this is, we talked the, the Carewell game with him. Here it is right here. His ability to be able to switch and guard posts, switch and guard guards. Let's see it because let, let's just simplify his role and make that thing that he's about to give us because that, that's going to go a long way in, in building his confidence. I really do feel that. You did touch on Jeremy Roach. Uh, if you're going to take any positives uh, from that Illinois game, he played a pretty damn good game. Um, yeah. Seven assists, zero turnovers, scored mm-hmm. the ball well. Um, got absolutely destroyed at the rim with somehow not being a foul call. I, I can't even begin to tell you how bad – TV Teddy and the crew. Oh my God! If, every time we see TV Teddy, man. I mean, Jesus Almighty! I, I'm not going to go down that route. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's season. I'm not going down that route. But uh, <laughs> Jeremy Roach, though, Jeremy Roach, though, yeah. uh, I thought was a bright spot. And we did say let's temper expectations here. We're going to have those moments for Jeremy Roach that huh? he's going to show what he's 
capable of, and then he's going to have those games where, which we've already seen in the first four, uh, that he struggles. So yep. this is nothing that we haven't expected. Yep. But it was promising to see that Jeremy Roach, and I'm hoping that he can build off of that. Absolutely. And tonight, I'm starting it tonight. I'm saying tonight is one of those games. We said there's going to be games where he's going to win it for us, and there's going to be games where he's he's one of the reasons that we lose because of just making freshman mistakes. He's the point guard. He's going to have the ball more than anybody now. And, yeah, there's going to be mistakes that come with that for sure. Like, we're not going to expect him to have zero turnovers the rest of the season. It's not feasible. So, But tonight against Notre Dame is one of those games I think Jeremy is going to be, and we'll talk about it in a minute, he's going to be the, the reason that we win the game. Starting lineup going forward, do you see Mark Williams kind of taking over that role as Stenner being able to push Matthew Hurt to the fore where, where he's more comfortable, bringing back uh, Wendell, who I'd, I honestly I'd rather have him be the sixth man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jamie Brayfield, who to me continues to slowly get better, he'll have kind of like that little dip here and there, but I think slowly but surely he's he's starting to build every single every single game. I'd right. like to see him get the start. I want to see what he can do with it. And I'd like to see him in the starting lineup going forward the rest of the year with uh, with Jeremy and with DJ. Yeah, it, and it all depends on what what are we seeing in practice? What are we showing? Like, Jamin, Jamin brings us offense. He doesn't bring us much on the defensive end. He makes us a lot on the offensive end at the moment. Matt brings us a lot on the offensive end and a little bit right now on the defensive end. He's been a serviceable defender. Not great by any stretch of the imagination, imagination, but definitely serviceable and much better than he was last season. So now with that vacated Jalen Johnson spot, what do we want to see? Like, does that does that make Jamin the three? And then we bring a center in who can kind of help guard the rim because we're going to need that rim protection. Because if it is, first, I think Mark Williams gets first crack, but I think Henry Coleman is going to be one of the ones who shows that he needs to be on the floor. But the way he the way he communicates, the way he slides his feet, the way he makes reads, I it it's we cannot continue to have that skill set sitting on the bench, in my opinion. And with the Jalen out, with those minutes vacated, we have to see something from Harry Coleman on the floor. Henry, excuse me, Henry Coleman on the floor. We have to. He's just, he's too good on that end. And yeah, he's, whoever we put into that spot's not bringing offense to the table right away. Right. Whether it's Wendell, whether it's Henry, whether it's Mark, whether it's Tape, they're not bringing offense. You're putting whoever, one of those, one of those four guys in to start in that lineup to bring defensive help. And so, you know, what is it that we need? Is it something that we need that night? Is it something we need going forward? I don't know how K is going to manage that, but we'll see. I think uh, one thing I wanted to bring up with Mark Williams um, that I did have in my notes was one thing that Mark Williams has to do is get better hands. Dude, he is Casey Sanders 2.0 right now. And I know that you're saying it. But, but dude, you got to get your hands right because yep. fumbles a lot of rebounds, fumbles a lot of, uh, of, of touches down below. Yep. I see him diving for the floor. I swear to God, I feel like I'm watching Casey Sanders, who I love, by the way. Yeah. I love Casey Sanders. Uh, this isn't like a jabbing or a Josh nope. Harrison situation. I've um, maintained that Mark Williams is what Kay wanted Casey Sanders to be. So, well, if, he, if it is, then he needs to get get his hands right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, but I agree. I, I think he's going to get that first crack. I don't know, you know, what Kay's going to do with uh, Tape or with um, or with Henry just yet. I just haven't seen them get really get the opportunity yet, so mm-hmm. I don't know uh, if that'll be coming tonight or, or what. Both of um, them have given good minutes on the floor, both guys. Yeah, they, like... they have. I, I agree. I, I, I don't quite understand, but you know how, co- how, how coaches – 
He's yep. going to to limit that uh, that that roster um, to that rotation to six seven guys, and mm-hmm. you know that's that's who he is. Okay, let's finish this one up. AC. We both predicted Illinois to win our last game. We got Notre Dame tonight, 9 p.m. ESPN. Notre Dame just came off a win against Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky stinks. Uh, there's one, you know, silver lining in this uh, year so far is that Kentucky's worse than we are. Um, <laughs> and, you know, for as much as UNC's talking trash, yep. they are going to as well. Yeah, screw you. Okay, look, we have a chance on the road. ACC matchup, first of the year, first of 20. What do we got against the Irish? I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I think the key to this game is Jeremy Roach, both sides of the ball, defense and offense, because he he and Jordan are going to be splitting duties on Prentice Hub. Number one, that's where we got to start. We got to, we have to make Prentice Hub shoot a lot and shoot off. Like he, he's his field goal percentage has got to be below 35%, and he's got to take like 20 shots like he has been doing for them already because he's their leading scorer. He and Nate Lashevsky are like, I think they're the number two duo in the ACC in terms of scoring points per game or whatever. And both of those guys are really good scorers. They just do it different ways. Lashevsky is down low. He does step out a little bit and hit those shots. Prentice Hub is a eh, shooter, but he gets to the basket like a bulldog. So he's going to be tough in those half court settings with Mike Bray, the way he runs that offense. And one thing, one thing Bray knows, it's how Coach K likes to operate, and he knows how to coach against the overplay. They are going to backdoor us to death, and they're going to rebound off of that. So we really have to do our due diligence in forcing bad shots for them, and we have to grab the boards. We got to be able to, to withstand that that onslaught down low of Juwan Durham and, and Nate Lashevsky grabbing rebounds, man. We got to be able to do that. So I, I, I think... I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be because Jeremy Roach makes this offense finally work. So we have someone who finally is going to, instead of the ball moving around on the perimeter, it's finally going to get into the lane and kick out to the outside like those shooters want. And and the shooting is going to look night and day different. Like it's, The shots we've been getting have been terrible shots. And one thing Jeremy Roach has been good at doing is getting us good shots. So I think he's going to be able to do that for us. The offense is going to run smoothly with him. For most most parts of this game, I do believe, and I, I think we're gonna win. I think we're gonna win to the tune of like seventy six to seventy one. All right, there you have it. Duke is favored as as of right now, uh, four and a half points. Um, I do think that Duke wins this game. This is gonna be the first time I picked Duke to win, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, and and I do feel a little bit more confident. Uh, I know that Jalen's out, and I don't think it really matters. I think that Duke mm-hmm. uh, shows a little bit more cohesion. In this game, there it is. Damn, three shots. Three shots. Yeah, I like your score. I'm gonna go a little bit lower. I'm gonna go 72 to 68, so we don't cover. Uh, so if you are betting, uh, take the TK uh, bet that uh, I would take the Irish on this one. Um, if it is plus four and a half for the Irish, Irish, um, but I do think Duke gets the W, so if you're betting money line, take Duke. Um, we are opening up the five-point play sports book, so get your best in with AC. Uh, I will be taking a cut of any wins. Breaking kneecaps. <laughs> All right, so there we have it. Uh, this has been a wild year, but we do get the ACC started. 2, 9, 9 p.m. ESPN. Go Duke. Go Duke. Thank you for tuning in to the five-point play podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at Five Point Play Podcast. That's the number Five Point Play Podcast. And on Twitter 
five point play podcast. Go Duke!